You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. purposes. Let me guide you into my plans. You need to know the Father, and you can't know the Father without coming to me. I'm going to show you the Father. He told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. And as you learn the truth of God, you'll learn that He is a God of love. He's a God of compassion, a God of great, deep concern for you and for the entire world, a God who cares for you more than you could ever care for yourself, a God who is interested in every minute detail of your life. Jesus wants you to come to Him, not the temporary things you find here on earth. To Him, are you willing to give your heart to Christ today? Pastor Dave will be sharing how loving and kind Jesus is and how He wants to guide you and comfort you. He's exactly what you've been looking for, and now is the time to come. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 5 as he continues his message, Are You Willing? question is, is Jesus Christ your Lord? That's the question of the day. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Do you seek his guidance for everything? You know, scary thing about this is, and this does make my knees quake, and it really, really bothers me when I read this passage, and it's, it's a beautiful passage, but when I read it, it really upsets me. Jesus says that many will come to me on that day, and they will call me Lord, Lord, and they will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Oh, that hurts. That really, really hurts. Depart from me. I never knew you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to people that have been playing church for a long time. People who had head knowledge of the Bible, thinking that they were going to get into the kingdom because they had all this head knowledge, because they attended church on a regular basis because they helped the poor, or they tithed, or they were a nice person. That's scary. That's scary. He says, you're not going to enter the kingdom because you didn't do the Father's will. What's the Father's will? Come to repentance. That all would come to the knowledge of Jesus as Lord and Savior. See, my fear is, and this is true, as your pastor, my fear is that week after week I say these things, and my fear is that there are some of you out there who hear it, and it goes in there, rattles around a while, and then somehow it finds its way out. And some of you are sitting there today thinking, when is this guy going to shut up so I can do my grocery shopping? What time do the eagles play? All the important things, all the real important things, instead of listening to what God is saying through his Holy Spirit to you, how God is preaching to you through his Holy Spirit, how he wants to touch your heart in so many ways. That's my fear. That's my fear, that you're going to think because you come on Sunday mornings, praise God, I'm glad you're here, that you have a knowledge of the Scriptures, that you are going to gain salvation. No, not according to what the Bible says. That's why Mark says, what the Bible says bothers me. It's what the Bible says, because now I'm responsible for it. There was something wrong with the religious leader's will. They were religious, they were caught in the religious box, and they were self-righteous. They were relying on their own righteousness to get into heaven. 
They were relying on their own righteousness to get into heaven. Jesus makes this beautiful, beautiful, almost heartfelt lamentation in the Gospel of Luke. He makes this beautiful, heartfelt lamentation in the Gospel of Luke. And listen to the last words in verse 34 of chapter 13. Jesus is looking over Jerusalem. He's looking over there, and he says these words. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Same thing he just accused the Pharisees of. They were not willing. Look into this picture. You see the heart of God? I really wanted you. How I longed for you to come, but you weren't willing. How I longed for you to come. I really wanted to have a relationship with you, but you weren't willing. You weren't willing. You killed the prophets. You stoned those who were sent to you. But, listen church, but, in spite of all of Israel's wickedness, in spite of all of Israel's lack of knowledge, in spite of Israel's history of constant rebellion, Jesus still called to them. Jesus still called to them. And let's get personal, folks. In spite of our rebellion, in spite of our backsliding, in spite of our poor attitude towards our neighbors, in spite of our total lack of knowledge, Jesus is still calling to you today with these words, come to me. Come to me. Come unto me. He's calling to you. God's desire is to keep you and to comfort you and to protect you from harm. His, he loves you and he desires the best for you. His thoughts towards you outnumber the sands of the sea. And all his thoughts are good thoughts, good thoughts of hope, thoughts of peace, thoughts of a prosperity, thoughts of wonderfulness. He loves you and thoughts of glory with him. And he wants nothing more than to fellowship with you and bring you into his glory. Oh, my gosh. He wants you so badly that he let his son die on a cross. He wanted you so, so badly. He loved you so, so much. If we would just let that sink into our hearts. The Lord was calling them, but they weren't willing. Why? And this brings us to the third reason. Because they had a heart problem. They had a heart problem. And some of us have a heart problem. Some of us have a heart problem. Mm. They would not trust in a Savior that would die on the cross. They couldn't trust in a humble Savior. They wanted a kingly Savior. They wanted a kingly Messiah. One who would come in, knock down doors, and take names. He wanted a kingly Messiah who would set up a throne somewhere. And even though they knew God's word, and even though they studied God's word, and, and even though they, they, Jesus presented witness after witness after witness, many more than needed. Look at verse 34. Oops, I lied. 42. Hike. But you know, I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. You have a heart problem. You have a major heart problem. There was a lack of love in their hearts. Not only did they not experience God's love, they had no inward expression of God's love or expression of God's who God was. They claimed to love God, but their attitudes toward Jesus were completely different. And Jesus railed against them, and he constantly railed against them all through scriptures. One of my favorite ones is found in Matthew 23. In Matthew 23. The woes of the Pharisees. I love this one. And Jesus comes after them. And he speaks in Matthew 27 and 28. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. 
For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you are full of dead man's bones and uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. They want man's honor. That's what 41 says. They want the honor of men more than the honor of God. They want it to be told, ah, you're a great Christian. Yeah, I am, aren't I? Yeah, you're great. You're a legend in your own mind. You think you're something else. They wanted men to look at them and go, ooh, standing on the corner praying, oh, Lord, thank you for not making me like that guy over there. Ah. Or they went to, the, or went to the offering box with their coins or their money, and they go, they, they wanted men to honor them for their intelligence, for what they knew about the scriptures. They wanted men to honor them. They wanted this. Jesus says, you're not willing. You have a heart problem. You have a lack of love in your heart. You don't know what to do. And then he calls them hypocrite. Your love is counterfeit. Your love is counterfeit. It's a false love. It wasn't real. It was based on the honor of men, not the honor of God. See, the religious leaders weren't willing, even though they had all the testimony they wanted. John the Baptist, the word of God, the works, the Father, all these things. But they were concerned with man's honor. They were concerned with what man thought and not what God thought. The reasons for the rejections was, was basically fundamentals, the reason of the heart. They were supposed to be intellectually smart, but they blew it. They were lacking. They were lacking in their love. They thought they knew God because they studied the scriptures. They thought they could get to eternal life that way. But they lacked the will to come to Jesus. Now, Jesus was asking these religious leaders, and I believe that he's asking you today. He's asking all of us today, are you willing to come to me that we have life? And this is what he's asking. Are you willing to come to me? And there's this beautiful, beautiful passage that most of you know and probably can quote it better than I. There's a beautiful passage where Jesus makes this beautiful, wonderful invitation. It's found in Matthew 11. Matthew 11:28. 28. You know it well. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly in the heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here in Matthew 11, you have an invitation from God himself. From the Son of God. An invitation imploring you. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus shows his authority by saying, come to me once again. Only a madman would say, come to me. If you're following someone because they say, come to me and not Jesus, I would turn and run. I would get out of there fast. Jesus is saying, come to me. I'm saying, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Listen to what Spurgeon said. Quote, come. He drives none away. He calls them to himself. His favorite word is come. Not go to Moses, but come unto me. If Come to Jesus himself. We come by personal trust, not to doctrine, not to ordinance, and not to ministry are we to come first, but to a personal Savior. Jesus wants you and you alone. He doesn't care what you're doing. He doesn't care what you did. He wants you and you alone. Because in him and in him alone are we to give our hearts. Another quote from Spurgeon, quote, Jesus made it clear that having life is found in fulfilling the command, come to me. Christ is a person, a living person, full of power to save. 
He has not placed us in salvation by sacraments or books or priests, but he's kept it all in himself. And if you want to have it, you must come to him. This is basically saying, you know, guys, your restlessness is related to your godliness. Are you restless today? We should be. We live in a world of hate. We live in a world full of false promises, a world full of death, a loveless world, a world that doesn't satisfy, a world that only takes, 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 and never gives back, a horrible world. But in our present day, in our present society, it's only a matter of time. When a person who doesn't have Jesus Christ starts reaching for something else, something else that they think is going to help them, something else that they can get through the day with, and it's usually a bottle, it's usually addictive pills, or it's usually some sort of abusive substance, or it's pornography, or illicit sex, or gambling. They start reaching for all the wrong things to try to prop them up and try to get them going. Oh, it's going to be great for a very brief time. And then, boom, brings death. Brings heartbreak. Brings death. Yeah, they last for a while. But here Jesus stands and he's declaring to you, come unto me. All you need to do is come to me and find the Father. A Father who loves you. A Father who wants to do nothing but give you his best. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on me. The yoke is what they used to do with the cattle. They put a yoke on them and they would make the cattle go where they wanted to them. Jesus says, let me have the reins of your life. Let me control. You've tried it for a while. How'd that work out for you, fella? Not too good. Well, let me try it. Give the reins to me. Let me try it. Let me guide you. Let me guide you into my purposes. Let me guide you into my plans. You need to know the Father, and you can't know the Father without coming to me. I'm going to show you the Father. He told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. And as you learn the truth of God, you'll learn that he is a God of love. He's a God of compassion, a God of great, deep concern for you and for the entire world. A God who cares for you more than you could ever care for yourself. A God who is interested in every minute detail of your life. Every minute detail of your life. Take my yoke upon you because it's easy. We're going to trade. I'm going to take all your hardships on me. Cast all your cares on him. For he cares for you. I'm going to take all your hardship on me. That heavy burden, give it to me. Here, have something light to carry. Take my yoke. Living for God is the most satisfying thing in the entire world. There's no pressure when you're living for God. Jesus said, he who finds his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Because it's easy when you're living in satisfying God, not yourself. You'll never be able to satisfy yourself. You'll never be able to come to satisfaction. Because you're not answering the purpose of creation. We were created for God's pleasure. We were created to fellowship with him. That's the purpose. The question that Jesus is asking today is, are you willing? Are you willing? But Dave, there's great obstacles. There's obstacles. I feel like I'm a hurdler going down the hurdle. I have to jump over all these obstacles to get to you. Yeah, there might be some obstacles. One of the biggest obstacles, pride. One of the biggest obstacles in life is pride. And what happens? Knowledge leads to pride. Paul even says that in 1 Corinthians 8.1. We know that we all have knowledge, but knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. 
love edifies. And then there's this beautiful passage in Isaiah 47. Isaiah 47.10 says this. For you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge have warped you. And you have said in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. Well, if that's not prideful, I don't know what is. Pride, a killer. Pride keeps you from coming to Jesus. If you have pride, you're not willing. You're not willing to come to Jesus with your pride. You're not willing. Lay it down. Get rid of it. Stop worrying about what people think of you. Stop having conversations about you. Let's talk about me for a while. When I'm finished, you can talk about me. Let's stop talking about ourselves. Let's start talking about Jesus. Are you willing? Are you willing? We're to walk in love. We're to edify one another. We're not to convince people that we're right all the time. I'd like to be right half the time. But to love them right where they are, just like Jesus loved us. Jesus came and loved you right where you are, and he loves you now, right where you are. Right where you are. So pride is a killer. Then there's vanity. Then there's vanity. Oh, vanity of vanities. Nothing new under the sun. Vanities. And in the beautiful chapters of Philippians, Paul says a little bit about that. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, in any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord in mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out for not only the interest of your own, but the interest of others. We procrastinate. I have time to accept Jesus. I don't have to accept him right now. I'm a great procrastinator. I told first service that I was going through a bunch of books and I found the book that my wife gave me a long time ago for Christmas about procrastination. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> we think we have time. We think that we have time before we make a change in our lives. We think that we have time. Well, I'm here to tell you, be careful with that. Be careful by thinking you have time. Become absorbed in our careers. Become absorbed in our careers. We have little time for spiritual things because our careers come first. We become insensitive to the Spirit's work in our lives. The Spirit's touching your heart and touching your heart, and you grieve it, you quench it, you ignore it. You don't want any part of it. We are self-willed, and our hearts are hardened by the world and the way they've treated you. And yes, the world has treated us horribly, but Christ doesn't treat us like that. He says, you're not of the world. You're mine. Yes, there are hindrances that keep us from coming to Jesus fully. But the question is, are you willing to serve him and him only? Are you willing to accept his life for yours? Are you willing to accept him in your life? Are you willing to put off the old man and put on the new man? Are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to pick up your cross? Are you willing to follow him? Maybe you have a problem with your thinking. You think too much. You study the scriptures and you know them, but your knowledge... Is all you have. You have no relationship. You're not willing. Maybe it's a matter of the heart. Maybe you, you've experienced the love of God fully. Maybe you're afraid to completely surrender to Jesus. You're not willing. Maybe you only know God through the scriptures and not through experience. Jesus is saying, lay it all down. 
and simply come. Come to me. Church, God is looking to and fro throughout all of Lower Township for someone that he can show himself strong on their behalf. God is looking. He's looking for people who will stand up for Jesus. Stand for Jesus or fall for anything. Stand up for Jesus Christ. Take a stand for righteousness. Stand up for what is right. Right is right and wrong ain't. Stand up for Christ. Are you willing to stand for righteousness? Are you willing to accept him on his terms? Are you willing to accept him on his terms and his terms alone? Are you willing to surrender your dreams? Are you willing to surrender your hopes? Are you willing to surrender your children? Are you willing to surrender those things which have come between you and God and open your life up to him? Are you willing to worry about his hopes, his wants, his desires for you? Are you willing to be a church that God can use? Are you willing to stand up for Christ? Are you willing to stand up? Jesus is calling you today, saying, come unto me. Come unto me, you sinner, and repent. Come unto me, you backslider, and let me clean you up and bring you home. Come unto me, you repotical son. Take your head out of the pig trough and come home. I love you. I've loved you since you left. I loved you. Come back. Your father's waiting. Your father wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to kill the fatted calf. He wants to give you the royal ring. He wants to put the robe around you and tell you how much he loves you. Come back. Come back. Are you willing to stand up? Jesus is calling you today, and he only has one question. Are you willing? That's the question of the day. You can't escape it. Either you are or you are not. It's a simple question. Are you willing? Just willing to do what Christ has said through his word. Don't be like the Pharisees and not be willing. Don't harden your hearts. You've heard the message. You've heard what was said through God's word. And God is touching each and every one of your hearts right now through his Holy Spirit. I know it. I know it. And if he's not, you need to check yourself. If you're not hearing from the Holy Spirit right now, if you're not being convicted or edified or encouraged or something, you need to check. You need to get right with God. Time is running out. Hurricanes in the Atlantic like never before. Earthquakes galore. Fires in the West, over in Montana. They said that almost two million acres have been burnt and are still burning. Got two crazy people calling each other names. Calling each other names. Two leaders of the world, of each world, calling each other names. Where's that going to go? I mean, come on. You don't think it's the end times? Better read your book. You better read your book. So if that describes you, my heart goes out for you. Get yourself right with God today. There may not be a tomorrow. Get right with God. Amen. You are the book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.